0: Well, good morning. Hope you're doing well. Thank you guys for being here. Those of you here in the house, thank you all for being here. We got a group outside in the beautiful November weather. Anyway, they're outside. You guys have the best seat in the house. And thanks for those of you who are joining online today. If you have your Bible or device, I'm going to have you turn to John 15, John uh, chapter 15, as we kick off this series, as Josh mentioned. Uh, that we are calling abide, uh, talking about abiding in Jesus. Back in uh, back in 2015, Cynthia and I were going to Northern California uh, to a conference. We were going there for a conference, and we drove through Napa Valley and we ended up stopping at a winery and visiting this winery. Just kind of uh, just picked one out of the blue, and it ended up that we went on a tour of this winery. Now, I love. Tours of things that are historical or scientific I get into everything that the guy's saying Like I follow the guy or gal the person is saying I follow I listen I kind of get into it and then I go Google later and research and like I get into it I'm the guy I'm the annoying guy that's on the tour that you're like I want to get done with this Can you please not ask any questions? I'm the one that's asking the tour guide questions and I love stuff like this And this was a whole new world that I didn't know about and I remember being at this, this uh, vineyard, at this winery, and they took us into the, a cave that this winery had where they store the wine, and they, it takes a few years for it to ferment. And one of the things that was fascinating, this is free information, has nothing to do with today's message, but it was really cool, is, is that this cave that's built into the side of this mountain in Napa Valley is naturally just at the right temperature, just at the right humidity. It has the right environment where they don't have to build another building to store the wine for it to ferment. They don't need, uh, you know, uh, man-made environmental air conditioning and that sort of thing. Um, It is just perfect, which is so cool, so amazing. Anyway, they took us out of the cave. They explained all of the soil and the pH balance. That's where I started asking a bunch of questions. And they talked about how that pH balance and all the environment and all the things that were going on in Napa Valley in the years that they planted those vines, the years that the vines were growing, and the years that they produced fruit that all of those factors had to do with the ability of the vineyard to produce the right amount of fruit and the right amount of grapes and the right amount of, of wine and the type of grapes and the type of wine that they were looking for. Absolutely fascinating. And I remember even thinking at the time, these people are really passionate about like their craft, like the the person that was giving the tour. And it was actually a couple different people that were giving the tour. They were really incredibly passionate about their craft. They were so into it, and they seemed to care almost in an uncomfortable way. They seemed to care so much about each and every single vine in the whole vineyard. This these farmers or or these uh, you know these vine, vine keepers and wine keepers. Um, They were serious about their craft, and it got me thinking about the fact that in John, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's talking to them about wine, and he's talking to them about fruit, and he's talking to them about vineyards and vines and branches. And I love the fact that Jesus used something that in the first century they would have understood because he was about ready to leave them. I don't want you to miss that context Jesus was giving his farewell uh, discourse in John chapter 13 through 17. He was about ready to physically leave them. He was about ready to go die on the cross. And he was teaching his followers, his disciples, about being attached to him. About abiding in him. Don't, Don't lose the irony, yet the care that Jesus had... In terms of teaching his disciples, hey, you can be connected to me. You can abide in me. You can remain in me even though I'm gone. What an amazing thing that he did by teaching them about the vine and the branches in John chapter 15. An amazing metaphor, an amazing connection that he makes that I think that we can understand. And I love what Josh said earlier. One of his professors used to say... You know, our job is to be just connected with Jesus. That's what abiding means. And today, before we dive into the passage one more time, we're going to be taking a look at it in three bite-sized kind of portions. Today, we're talking about what it means to be apart from Jesus. Okay, next week, we're going to be talking about what it means to abide with Jesus. And the week after, we're going to be talking about what it means to be appointed by Jesus. And, And so today is going to be a little bit of a day where I believe the Holy Spirit is asking all of us, myself included, to pause for a moment and get a bit introspective. Some of you are going to be like, I don't like that. Some of you are going to be like, man, this is kind of negative. Why can't you be a little positive today? That's coming next week. Okay, I promise you it's coming next week. But I think it is important for us to stop, to pause. Before we learn about what it means to abide in Jesus, before we dream with Jesus, I'm going to talk about that next, and before we have vision about what he wants us to become, I think we need to pause for a moment and just evaluate where we are with him. Where are we with Jesus? I mean, really ask yourself the honest question, are you abiding with him? Because life apart from Jesus is a mess. Life apart, lived apart from God, is a mess. And especially for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers, who said, yes, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. If we don't abide with him, and yet we say we're Christ followers, man, life is going to be incredibly difficult. Let's take a look at John. Some of you are like, this is so much fun, Todd. Thanks. John 15, 1 through 7. And I just want to ask for God's Holy Spirit, would you lead us right now as we read your word, as we study your word. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would challenge, encourage, and convict where we need it most as we read your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. John 15, 1 through 7, Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, say it with me, takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, the summation, kind of the seminal uh, verse in this passage, kind of the foundational verse and the summarizing verse of this passage. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by, say it with me, by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, say it with me one more time. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Unless you live in a place where there's burn ban like Hilton Head Island. Okay. Verse 7. It doesn't say that, by the way, right there. That was my addition to it. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We're going to pick up on that verse next week. Well, let's talk a little bit about Jesus' discussion about the vine and the branches. Again, he's about ready to leave his disciples. He's about ready to leave these people who some have given up their lives to follow him. And he's in the midst of telling them across uh, four different chapters of John, the book of John. He's telling them that he is going to be leaving. And right in the middle of this, he essentially says... That hey, guys, you can still be attached to me. You can still be connected to me. In fact, that's your job is to be connected to me. A couple things I want to talk about. The first kind of big subject thing is all the different, or all, is all the different uh, characters that Jesus talks about. In verse one of John 15, he says, "I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser." So Jesus is the true vine, the Father is the vine dresser, and in verse 5 he essentially says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So Jesus refers to himself as the true vine, he refers to God the Father as the vine dresser, and he refers to us as the branches, and that's the metaphor that he has here. See, God the Father is the caretaker. In our day and age, we would call him the vinter. He's the gardener. He's the farmer. The vine dresser is the one that had the vision in the first place for the vineyard. He had the vision for, for the fruit that the vines would bear. He's the growth agent for the vines. Excuse me, he's the growth agent for the branches. He, I like to call him the kind boss. He's the benevolent farmer. He's the compassionate visionary. The vine dresser is the boss. He's the one who's in charge. And everything necessary for life comes from the vine dresser. If you have a, a, a plant, if you have a garden, if you have a yard, and you don't take care of it like I don't to my yard, you're going to end up with a yard that's what? What? dead. You're going to end up with a garden that's not producing anything at all. And the vine dresser is the most important part of this whole thing because he's the one that has the visionary. Jesus calls himself the vine. In fact, he calls himself the true vine. True vine means he's the main thing. He's the one that all the nutrients come from. So the, the vine dresser creates the nutrients. He's the one that's concerned about the pH and the soil and the environment. He's the one that has the vision for the future. He's the one that has to look over and take care of the whole vineyard. But it's the true vine that produces and brings the nutrients and what's necessary to bear fruit. He's the one that brings it to the branches. You and I, we're the branches. We're attached to the winemaker. We're attached to the vinter, if you will. We're attached to the gardener or the farmer through the vine. We're not attached to them directly, but we're attached to them through the vine. And we need to understand that if we aren't attached, or if we are attached but we're not present, if we are attached but we don't let the graft take place, we're going to talk a little bit about grafting next week, we are not going to receive the nourishment that we need from the caretaker, from the, the vine dresser, and we're going to lose the attachment, and eventually we'll become unproductive will become fruitless, will eventually die. And in fact, we see here that Jesus is talking about three types of branches. An unfruitful branch, a dead branch, and then he talks about a fruitful branch. And so, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, or you're not allowed to poke the person you're sitting next to, but I want to ask you a question. In all honesty, what kind of branch are you today? Are you a fruitful branch? Are you a branch that may be beginning to wither? Are you a branch that has borne much fruit and you know that it's time to produce a whole other fruit? Are you unfruitful? Are you dead? Are you a branch that's fruitful? See, Jesus answers the question here. I want you to gather this. What happens? What happens when, when we don't abide in Jesus? He answers the question, he asks the question, and he answers the question. And he basically says that there are just a few options. And in fact, there's only one thing that happens when we are not abiding in Jesus. He says in verse 2. Now, this is kind of the second thing that I want you to know is that there is a ramification of being not attached to Jesus. He says in verse 2 of John 15... Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it says that he does what? Takes away. It says that he takes away every branch that doesn't bear fruit. In John 15, 4, he says a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Now, here's part of the problem, churches is, is that we think in this Christian life that once we get God, once we accept Jesus as our Savior, that we can make a go at it on our, on our own. We think that we can accept Jesus as our Savior, kind of get our ticket to heaven, and then we think we can do everything in this Christian life as we want and on our own. And I can tell you from personal experience, and maybe you can too, there is nothing that's more untruthful than that. We can't make it by ourselves. We can't live this life in any way by ourselves especially when we become Christ followers. Once Once we are attached to the vine, we've got to realize that that is where we need to remain. That's where we need to stay. John 15 verse 4 says the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Verse 5, John 15 5 says apart from me you can do nothing. Verse 6 says if anyone does not abide in me... He's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and they're thrown into the fire and they're burned up. See, here's the truth about what Jesus is telling his followers. And it's truth that we need to understand today. That if we don't bear fruit, we will get cut off from the vine. If we don't bear fruit, we will get cut off. But I want you to hear, if we bear fruit, then we will get cut back. You see, one way or another, there's going to be some pain in the process. We either get cut back to bear more fruit, or we get cut off from the vine. Now, I want to stop here for a second and recognize that when you see verse 2, when you read verse 2, When it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And when we read verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and then burned. We have to admit that that sounds harsh, doesn't it? Can we be honest here? It sounds harsh, doesn't it? It sounds heavy-handed. It sounds like God has really no vision or, or no understanding of second chances. But that is the furthest thing from the truth, isn't it? He is a God of second chances, and third, and fourth, and fifth, and end those chances. But the reality is, is if we die, if we are not attached to the vine, and we wither, and we die, spiritually speaking, God has to look out for the whole vineyard. And it's very possible that the reason that we died is because we were infected with a disease that could potentially kill the whole vineyard. And the vine dresser's job is, yes, to look out for each vine to make sure and ensure that it's bearing much fruit, but he has to have the whole vineyard in mind, and so he is going to cut us off, and he is going to discard us if we aren't bearing fruit, if we do end up dying spiritually speaking it doesn't mean that we don't have the hope of heaven spiritually speaking it doesn't mean that he is not interested in us spiritually speaking it does not mean that he abandons us in fact the opposite thing is true and so for those of you who kind of came in here today and you're like yeah i knew it one mistake he's going to cut me off He's going to separate me from the living from the dead. One one little mistake. I want you to hear this. Don't get caught up in the part of the metaphor when Jesus is taking the branches that are dead and putting it in a pile and, and burning it. Instead, take that energy and realize that if you are attached to the vine, that you can have life. And it's time to start living. And if you aren't living, it's time to be attached back the vine. See, if we don't bear fruit, we're going to get cut off. But the fact is, is that if we bear fruit, we're going to get cut back. We're going to get trimmed. We're going to get pruned. Now, down here in the South, if you ask 10 different experts, if you're supposed to prune fruit trees or flowering trees in the South, if you, if you ask them the question, are you supposed to do that? You're going to get out of 10 different experts, you're going to get Five people answer one way and five people answer the other way. And I don't know about your yard, but we have one tree that when I cut it back in in the winter, I can guarantee you that in the spring, it's going to bear a lot of flowers. It's going to produce a lot of flowers. It, Because of the trimming up, because of the pruning, it is going to bear more fruit. And, and the fact is is that Jesus says here that if you bear fruit, that he is going to prune you. Does pruning sound fun? doesn't sound like much fun, does it? I'm sure that my tree in my yard that bears more fruit in the spring when I prune it in the winter is like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be fun. I can't wait. He's got the clippers. He's not even good at it, and he's going to tear me apart. The truth is, is that if you are a branch that is bearing fruit, God wants you to bear more. And the only way for you to bear more fruit is to have those little twigs, have those little branches that come off of your branch that have borne fruit to be cut back. And sometimes, sometimes the process is painful. See, if we don't bear fruit, we're going to get cut out. But if we bear fruit, we're going to get cut back. John 15, 2, every branch that uh, does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. John 15, 4, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. See, if we bear fruit, we are going to get cut back. And I want to pause and I want to say this. If you came into this place today and you feel like, man, I feel like all that God ever does with me is just prune and prune and prune and prune. All it ever seems like in my life is is that he just continues to cut on me and to cut me back. And all I feel like is beat up. All I feel like is I'm trying so hard and I just feel like he's never happy. I want you to hear today the reason he may be pruning you is because he believes in you more than you can ever believe in yourself. He believes in you more than you could ever believe in yourself. He's got a bigger vision. He's got a longer vision. He's got bigger plans than you could ever have. I've learned one thing. I've learned a lot of things from my daughter, but I've learned one important lesson from her. She is a dancer, and she's doing it at a level that I could never have imagined in college. And all through her training, I remember her talking about the fact that an instructor would come in, and they would criticize, and they would critique, and they would... Pick on her, and she'd come home sometimes, her feet just stalled, you know, just bruised up and just in so much pain. And she would have to ice down. And I remember her saying, I'm just so sick and tired of them like telling me I'm doing something wrong. And then it clicked with her one day. She realized the reason that they're working on her, telling her she's doing something wrong, is they have a vision that she is one that could do it right. And then I realized. Why none of my golf instructors would ever say anything about my swing. they're like, he ain't ever going to get it right. We have no hope in him. My mom used to say, Todd, the one that the Lord disciplines the most, he loves the most. And I thought she was full of it. But you know what? It's really true. It's really true. So I want you to know. If you're here today if you're listening if you're out on the backstage patio if you're in this house today you know like man all i, all I feel like i ever do is get pruned by god i, I want to let you know it's because he loves you he cares for you and he's got a bigger vision for you than you even have for yourself the cutting back may be painful but you're going to bear more fruit and I don't know about you, but if I have the opportunity and I have the choice, and that's where I want to move into in these next few moments that we have remaining, is, is that we have a choice. If I have a choice between being cut off from the vine, being cut off from Jesus, and being cut back from Jesus or being cut back by Jesus because he knows that I'm going to bear more fruit, I'll choose the second all day law. Just don't let me be cut back because I'm dead. He uses this phrase in verse 4. He says, abide in me and I in you. And in that one little statement there in verse 4, in that one little phrase jesus rolls out and kind of lays out a, a basic doctrine about our unity with god that is so foundational and so important for us to understand if we are going to understand what it means to abide with christ and that is this christ follower and for some of you you heard this years ago and you got it down for some of you you may never have heard this before and it's going to be brand new information but for most of us we know it in our head but we do not live it in our lives, and that is is when we become Christians, the unity that we have with God is that Christ is in us and we are in him at the same time. Christ in us and we in him. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, abide in me and I in you. In the grafting process, a connection happens between the vine and the branch that is incredible because there's part of the branch that's in the vine and part of the vine that's in the branch. And yet i got to admit that most days I live like I'm a branch detached from the vine. It's a unity that we need to understand if we're going to abide and remain with Jesus. It goes back to what Paul was saying in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, remember... That you were at one time or at that time separated from Christ. Life before Christ means that we were separated. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers. Did you get that? Separated. Alienated. We're strangers. We had no hope. And we were without God in the world. But 2 Corinthians, the same author, Paul says this in 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. He's a new creator, a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives, say it with me, in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen, we have to understand, church, we have to understand, Christ follower, that when we become Christians, that there is an in him, him in us relationship, both and at the same time. And that's what abide is all about. It's deciding that the past is the past, and we were once separated from Christ And that the present means that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. Are you with me? If we are going to truly live, we're going to understand this concept of the unity that we have with God. Part of the problem is is that if we're not attached to Jesus, the reality is, is that we're probably attached to something else. The reality is as if we are not abiding in Jesus. And by the way, the word abide in the original language it literally means to remain in. There's a constant and a continual aspect to the word that Jesus used so that his disciples would understand I'm leaving yet you can remain in me I'm not going to be here physically but you can stay with me you can remain in me and the problem with us the problem with me and my walk with God is that there are so many other isms that I get caught up in and that I decide that I'm going to remain in when we're remaining in something else, when we are grafted into something else, when we are abiding in something else, then we are not abiding in Jesus. If we're not attached to Jesus, we're probably attached to something else. And today, as we close, I, I want you to be honest one more time. I told you today wasn't going to be a whole lot of fun. Next week's going to be awesome. <laughs> but I want you to answer honestly the question, What are you attached to? Where are you receiving your nutrition from? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. In your life. Where are you receiving the sustenance for life from? What have you tapped into? What have you attached yourself to where you're receiving continual nutrients from? What is producing whatever fruit you are Producing What is that thing in your life that you're attached to? Years ago when our pastor in Atlanta, when I was growing in my faith, he was talking about this passage, and he just simply said this. He said the main job, it's written in my old Bible. He said the main job of the branch is simply to be Connected. That's it. See, we don't have to strive to bear fruit. We don't have to strive to impress. We don't have to work hard to do this and that and the other. We don't have to keep on trying to be better and and, and more productive. If we are just simply attached to Jesus, all the rest will take care of itself. I don't know about you, I wake up every morning and He's not the first thing that's on my mind. His word is often not the first thing I turn to. The first thought of the day is usually, what do I have to do? What haven't I done? Who am I disappointing? And then what's the news? (laughs) I don't know about you. That's usually my first five minutes of every day. And oh, to be the branch that is so grafted in and tied in and remaining in Jesus that I wake up and that we wake up every single morning with a hunger for God that drives us to wanting to be attached to Him, to doing things in our lives, to having habits and rhythms that show that we're attached to Him. Being attached to the vine is a choice. We must make a daily choice to either abide with or live apart from Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are with God. It doesn't matter where you are with Jesus. I, I want you to know that the decision to live apart from Him is a dangerous, hopeless, awful existence. My prayers is that we as a church community would individually, all of us, decide and make the choice that, my goodness, if he is the one that provides the nutrients, if he is the one that provides the life, if he is the one where the source of strength comes from, I can't not help to be attached. Life apart. From Jesus is a hot mess so why would we then choose to live apart from him when we could very easily choose right now today to live with him Andrew Murray says that the union between the vine and the branches is a living union and that's what you and I have looking to look forward to if we choose right now, today, to attach ourselves to Jesus, to abide in him. And it is a choice. And let us make the choice to abide, not to live apart. Father, I pray for those who walked in here today. God, they feel like they have been cut off from you. They feel like they have been put in a pile of debris that needs to be burned. Father, I pray that they wouldn't get caught up in are you a God of second chances and are you a God that is just mean and heavy-handed. Father, I pray that they would get caught up in the desire and the choice to live. As long as they are still yours, they have a chance at living Father, I pray that you would encourage those who walked in here today and they feel like all the, all the things in their life continue to add up to they just feel pruned and pruned and pruned by you. Maybe one job after another. Maybe one relationship that's bad after another. Maybe choice after choice after choice. In their lives that they just feel like you're never pleased. And the reality of the situation is that you, Jesus, have a bigger vision that they could ever imagine for their lives. And all of these things that you're doing is just to give them wisdom and decision making to guide their path. To help them become a branch that bears a lot of fruit. And a ton of fruit. And good fruit, good quality fruit. Father, I pray that you would give them encouragement. Help us to understand that if we don't bear fruit and we die, we're going to get cut off. If we bear fruit and we're productive, we're going to get cut back. Either way, we're going to be trimmed up and cut. Father, I pray that we would choose abiding in you today, we would realize really the only thing that we have to do as branches is just choose to abide. Help us even this week to have insight on on what to do and how to do that. Help us to understand when we come to this place next week that your Holy Spirit is going to, I believe, teach us and lead us to a place where we know what to do to abide and to continue to remain. father I pray for the person who may be in here or listening online or even on the backstage patio and the reason that they're not abiding with you the reason that they're not remaining with you is they've never made the first choice to be attached in the first place if you're within the sound of my voice and you've never given your life to Christ that's your first step that's the first choice that's the first decision is to stop living the old way and to choose to live for Jesus. It's choosing the free gift of eternal life. And if you're here today and you want to make that choice, if you want to choose salvation, if you want to choose the first step of being attached to the vine, I want to encourage you to ask Jesus to be your Savior. God sent his son in this world, he sent Jesus in this world to die for you and to die for your sins. The Bible says if we believe in our heart that he did that, then we'll be saved. And if you're in this place and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, I want to invite you and encourage you to do it right now. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud and I want to encourage you just to pray it in your heart. It's a prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for doing everything necessary so that I can have salvation. Thank you for dying on the cross to save me from my sins. I choose right now to believe in you, Jesus, as my Savior. Help me now to be attached to you and to live for you if you prayed that prayer in this room or online or here on the backstage patio, I want to encourage you to to find me afterwards, to find Josh afterwards, Justin, one of our staff members or pastors, so that we can know about your your decision. You can let us know on the connection card, online, on paper, whatever it is. Let us know the indication that you have chosen to believe. Father, I pray that you would Rise up and raise up a bunch of people at Hilton Head Island Community Church who are attached to you, who are remaining in you, who, Father, actively with our lives are living attached to the vine. Thank you so much for being the life giver. May we tap into you and may we live for you. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said.